Thank you so much for joining the Faith Chapel podcast. Wherever you may be joining us from, we hope that you know that you are loved and that this message encourages you throughout your week. we just had. Thanks for joining us here at Faith Chapel today. If you're a new, I want you to click on the link below and let us know that you've joined us today. We're excited to have you as we go through this brand new series called Life. Today I want to start the message by talking about, about a man by the name of Mark. You know, Mark was working at a produce department and in a local grocery store. He's putting himself through school. And as he was working in that produce department, uh, one of the elder people came to him and said, I, I want to buy just a half a head of lettuce. Can we, can I just buy a half a head of lettuce? And he said, ma'am, God grows them by the whole head. We only sell them by the whole head. She, she said, you mean after all these years of shopping here and after spending all the money that I've spent all these years, you won't sell me just a half a head of lettuce? He said, no, man, that's not how it works. Well, she kind of persisted, and he said, would you mind if I went and talked to the manager? And she said, I would love of you to do that. I appreciate it so greatly. So Mark began to stomp his way to the front of the store to find the manager. As he began to approach the manager, he said, hey, there's this half-witted old lady in the back that wants to only buy a half a head of lettuce. And he said, I can't believe it. And about that time, the manager got his attention and gestured that there might be somebody on the on the other side of him, he turned around and he said, and this dear, wonderful old lady wants to buy the other half. Well, I think all of us have been in that situation. We've all put ourselves in a place where we've put our foot into our mouth, where we've said something we didn't really mean. In fact, Abraham Lincoln said it this way. It is better to remain silent and be thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. But see, as we begin to live this abundant life, God has already equipped you and I with everything that we need to live the abundant life. In fact, you don't have to find it in a bookstore. You don't have to find it online. You don't have to pay a lot of money for it. It's not in a self-help section in any, any department store. In fact, God has already given it to you. In fact, I brought one along with me so that I could have it as an illustration. Now, this isn't a human tongue, of course. I know a lot of people that can talk this much, but it's actually, it's actually a cow's tongue. Yes, God's equipped every single one of us with a tongue. And your tongue is powerful. Your words are powerful. And the Bible has a lot to say about it. In fact, this is one of the keys that helps you to unlock the abundant life that God wants you to have. You know, in John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus talked about this abundant life. He said, the thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. But why did he come? I've come that you may have life and have it to the full or more abundantly as part of living this abundant life that we have God has given us the power of words or the power of our tongue our words are incredibly formidable and shape the environments we live in fact it shapes the people around us each and every day sometimes I've heard people say things like this maybe you've even said things like this nothing good ever happens to me I'll never be a success I don't have what it takes. I can't do it. I'll never get out of this mess. You see, when we say self things like this, these self-fulfilling prophecies become a reality and only adds to our resolve that we can't be successful, that we can't live the abundant life, that we can't do what God has called us to do. 
If you don't get anything else out of this message, I want you to write down this one phrase. And in your notes section on the app, I want you to take the opportunity to fill this in. I know it's not there. But I want you to get this one message loud and clear. We usually get in life what we say. That's right. We usually get in life what we say. You see, the Bible clearly teaches us that we receive what we sow. Our man reaps what he sows. And whatever we're sowing, whether we're sowing our words in anti-faith or fear or we're saying things that are negative, that's what we're going to reap in return. So we need to learn to control ourselves. We need to learn to control our tongue. We need to understand the power that is in our words and in the tongue. You know, in Joel chapter 3, Joel was prophesying to the Israelites who were in captivity. And he tells them this. He said, let the weak say that I'm strong. Now, they weren't strong. In fact, they were in captivity. They were, they were not even a part of their own country. But he said, let them say that I am strong. God is speaking to his people saying, let them say that I am strong. Maybe right now you should just say that right where you are. Let the weak say that I am strong. Or maybe better yet, you can personalize and say, I am strong. Go ahead, say it with me. I am strong strong. And you can say that because you're strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That through God, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. That's how you can say that in faith. This is how we use our words and the power of the tongue to shape our environment, to shape our faith, and to speak into our future the blessings of God that he wants us to have, just like Joel did to the Israelites. So here's our words. Here's what it is now in your notes. Our words are taken seriously, listen, they are taken seriously by God. In Matthew chapter 12, it says this, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad for a tree is recognized by its fruit. You broad vipers, he's talking to the scribes, the Pharisees, the people that were there. He says, how can you who are evil say anything that are good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What you meditate on, what you place in your heart, what you're storing in your heart, what you're focusing your heart on. He says, the mouth speaks the things that are stored up in your heart. Look at what it goes on to say. He goes on to say in verse 36, but I tell you, that everyone will have to give an account. Wait a minute, stop just a second. You're going to give an account. When you stand before God on that great, great day, you're going to give an account. You're going to give an account on the day of judgment. What are you going to give an account for? Every empty word they have spoken. You're going to give an account for every single word you have spoken. That word empty there means this. It means lazy, useless, barren, idle or slow. Jesus is saying, listen, that you're going to give an account on that day. You're going to be judged by every lazy, useless, barren, idle, or slow word that has come out of your mouth. And it's going to be first stored in your heart and in your life, and it's going to come out of the excess that's already in you, and that's what you're going to be judged by. Look what it goes on to say. For by your words you will be acquitted by the things that are stored up in you that comes out of your mouth, you're going to be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. So God takes your words very seriously. Here's my thought. My thought is the reason why I believe that God takes your words so seriously is because he takes his words so seriously. 
You remember that all of creation was formed because God spoke and then it came to be. God tells us that our yes is to be yes, our no's are to be no, that when we make a pledge or an agreement or strike a covenant with some, that that is supposed to be, you know, there's nothing else that's needed because we're going to keep that commitment because that is our word and our word is our bond. Well, God has given us his word and he's saying, this is my word, I take it serious and I want you to take your word seriously. You see, we can't retract words. What is written, what is spoken cannot be erased in fact, you've probably said some things, just like I have, that we wish that we could take back, that we wish didn't land on somebody's heart or ears, but they have. But one thing's very clear in Scripture, that whatever is spoken in public or private becomes part of the eternal record for us. So our words are taken seriously. Secondly, our words allow us to escape trouble. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 13, it says this, an evil man is trapped by his sinful talk, but a righteous man escapes trouble. A righteous man escapes trouble. Remind me of the story of General Robert E. Lee. He was approached and he was asked, what do you think about one of the other officers? And he said, I think the other officer is very satisfactory. We're glad he's part of the, part of the team. We're glad he's with us. And the guy that asked him the question, General Lee, do you not know what he's saying about you? He's saying all kinds of bad things and disparaging things about you. He's being so negative about you. And he stopped in mid-sentence and said, you asked me what I thought about him, not what he thought about me. You see, that's the advantage of our words. We can use them in, in, to escape trouble if we combine them with wisdom and grace. Our words thirdly fill our lives with good things, with good things. I mean, Scripture is very clear. Look what it says in Scripture from Proverbs twelve fourteen: From the fruit of his lips, a man is filled with good things. From the fruit of our lips, from the things that are stored up in our hearts, from the things that we're meditating on, the things that we're speaking for in faith, the things that we're, call, we're calling out as not as though they were, even when we don't see them, just like Joel was prophesying to those in captivity, let the weak say that I am strong. It begins with what we store in our heart and what we speak for. He says, the fruit of the lips, a man is filled with good things. Maybe it's time for you and I to begin to change how we speak so that we're speaking the words of faith, the words of victory, the words that God places in his word, the promises of God over our circumstances. And number four, our words turn away wrath. It turns away wrath. Look what God's word says again about this in Proverbs 15.1. It says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, I'm almost certain 100% of us that are watching right now, we've said a harsh word and we've stirred up anger. Maybe we got the whole argument started because we began with a harsh word and then it just escalated because somebody on the other end came back with another harsh word and it just escalated. I'm saying that as God's people, we need to be better than that. That we're filled with God's spirit, that we're filled with God's love, we're filled with God's power, and we need to learn that a gentle answer turns away wrath. Somebody once said that the reason why a dog has so many friends is because he wags his tail more than his tongue. And I believe that's probably true. And maybe we should take the example from the dog that we should, to the best of our ability, learn to control our tongue. James talks about it a lot. And it's part of who we are as a Christian is learning to submit ourselves to God so that we can, so we can allow the Spirit of God to speak through us and be that gentle answer that turns away wrath. And number five, 
our words bring healing. It brings healing. Again, let's turn to God's word. In Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 4, it says, the tongue that brings healing is the tree of life. Listen, what you say can be, can be so powerful in someone's life that you're actually being the tree of life to them. But a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Again, I know that all of us have been on the receiving end of somebody saying something either about us or to us that has crushed our spirits and left us where we are less trustful, whether we're not as open and vulnerable, where we want to naturally lash back with words. But that's not what God says we're to do. He says the tongue that brings healing is the power of life. The tongue that brings healing is the tree of life. And we're to say things like this. We're to say, if we're going to bring healing into our life, we're supposed to say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. You're forgiven. These are expressions that are bringing healing into those relationships. And one way that we can also bring healing is by being an encouragement. The Bible says that we're to encourage one another, even all the more as the day fast approaches. That we've been given this gift of encouragement, of encouraging one another. Maybe you just need to leave an encouraging word in the comments below or say it to someone in the room that's watching with you right now or, or send a text message to someone. Then be an encouragement to them right now. You know, I believe that when we encourage someone, this thought hit me this week, is that when we encourage someone, we're actually shaping someone's future. Here's what I mean. We're actually shaping someone's future because when we encourage a behavior, they're more apt to do that behavior again because they know that they can receive something positive back. You say, oh, maybe right now where you are in your home and you have been trapped, maybe you feel trapped, for a number of weeks, now over, over a month. And, and maybe the relationship's a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of tension between the relationships that are there. Why don't you just start by simply encouraging one another today? Hey, I love how you always do this. I love how you do this, or I love how you do that. Maybe you just say a word of encouragement and be that, that gift of, of healing, that tree of life to someone that's in your home. You know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 18, 21, that the tongue has the power of life and death. You're literally speaking life over someone when you're being an encouragement to someone. So right out of James chapter 3, verse 3 through 12, you can look at that. Please read that later. I'm going to give you three traits of the tongue. The first one is the tongue is small, but it is very powerful. It's very powerful. There was a young Navy lieutenant who became shipwrecked on the Solomon Islands with his men during World War II. The battalion had to survive on their own. They didn't know where they were. That island was not registered. Nobody knew the island even existed. The island right next door was filled with the enemy. I mean, it was a very difficult situation. And the morale began to drop. And the men began to mutter amongst themselves all these negative things. They even talked about maybe it'd be better for us to be surrendered to, to our enemy so at least people know we're alive and maybe we could get rescued after the war. This young lieutenant stood up in the middle of one of those kind of debates and he said, listen, we're going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to be rescued. People are going to find us. We're going to get through this. Somebody pulled him aside and said, how can you be so positive? How can you be so sure? He said, I, I just think it's a character defect that I have. Well, can I tell you that character defect, he was able to ride that character defect all the way to the White House. And his name was John Fitzgerald Kennedy. You have the power to change your environment because your words are powerful. 
Secondly, the tongue is very small, but it's dangerous. To master this abundant life, we're going to have to learn to control our tongue. A large forest fire is usually started by a small spark. And in fact, the great Chicago fire was allegedly started by Miss O'Leary's cow who kicked over a lantern in a barn. And from that, the entire city burned down. Washington Irvin said it best. He said, the sharp tongue is the only edged tool that grows keener with constant use. Meaning it gets sharper and sharper and sharper as you use it. You probably know somebody like that. And then thirdly, the tongue is very small, but it's also revealing. Bruce Barton said it this way, that every time you open your mouth, you let men look into your mind. Wow. Think about that just for a minute. That every time you open your mouth, you're letting someone into your mind. They're revealing something about yourself, and you're letting them know what kind of person or the caliber of person you are. I think we need to learn to think before we speak, especially as Christians. You know, on a windswept hill in the English courtyard cemetery, there stands, this, there stands this drab gray tombstone, and you can barely find it. I mean, it's, you know, because of the leaves and things that overgrow it, you, know, you have to search for it. But when you do and you pull all of that back, here's the expression that you find that's etched in that stone. Beneath this stone, a lump of clay, lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th day of May began to hold her tongue. See, as a Christian, that's not the way we're supposed to be at all. The Bible says that God has given us the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit that gives us self-control so we can learn to control our tongue. You say, Pastor, I know the Bible. I know the Bible. It says that no man can control the tongue. And you're absolutely right. You cannot control your tongue in and of your own strength. But when we learn to daily yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit can give us the self-control we need to help contain our tongue. So we need to think before we speak. And this is what it looks like. When we think before we speak, as we use think as an acrostic, T stands for true. Is it true? Before we say anything, is it true? H, is it helpful? And a lot of times we can stop right here because it's not helpful what we're saying. It's not helpful, so we can just stop right there. I stands for is it inspiring? I mean, is it true? Yes. Is it helpful? Yes. Or is it going to inspire somebody? Is it beneficial, in other words? And let, letter N is, is it necessary? Is it absolutely necessary that I share this? And again, a lot of us could stop right here and go, I don't know that it's necessary to share that information if I'm thinking before I'm speaking. And then letter K, is it kind? And almost everything would just stop right here, isn't it? If we're going to say anything detrimental about anybody else, then we need to think before we speak, and is it true, helpful, inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Because that's where it all begins. It's through that confession. And there's another confession that you must make. It is confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I'm speaking to you today. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you just stumbled on our feet. Maybe somebody invited you. Maybe you're watching with someone. And I want you to know that right now that your confession is the only thing that stands between you and being right with God. The Bible says that we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. We will be saved. Saved from what? From everything that we've ever thought wrong, all of our false, false motives, everything that we've ever, all the sin that's been in our life, everything is going to be washed away as far as the east is from the west. So if that's you this morning, I want you to bow your heads with me and I want you to say this prayer. Maybe it's a prayer of rededication. And would you say this prayer with me right now? Would you say, dear Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner, and I need you in my life. I make you my Savior 
and my Lord. From this day on, I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to put a raised hand emoji up in the comments below and let us know that, hey, I prayed that prayer with you, Pastor, and that'll be an encouragement to everyone that's watching. And, and, you, and then I want you to do something else. I want you to make sure that you click on the link so that you can go live with someone who will walk you through the decision you just made and pray with you. And I just want to say congratulations. Hey, this is going to be a great week as we put to practice what we've just learned. Let's think before we speak. And I want to ask God to help you as we go along our week today. And I'll see you right back here next week, 8.30, 10.30, and tonight, 5 o'clock. Father, I pray your blessing upon your people. Help us to speak life and not death. Help us to be a conduit, Father, of blessing as we speak, Father, over our loved ones and over those we come in contact with, and even through social media and Twitter and all the things that we do. I pray, God, that you would allow us to have the self-control that our words would honor you and bring the abundant life you want us to walk in into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Thank you for your faithfulness. I will see you next week. God bless you. Thanks again for joining us today. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to further connect with us here at Faith Chapel, visit us online at faithchapelsd.com or any social media platform at faithchapelsd. See you real soon.